When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. It doesn't. Hey guys, it's Dave from the show. Hey, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. These are some really great people and some really great companies that have really helped to make this podcast so successful. Vanguard is a maker of some amazing tripods, hunting packs, binos, shooting sticks, tripods, photography gear, and much more. These guys really know what they're doing and you should definitely check them out when you get a minute. Rax Inc. Get your favorite bow brand hanger from Rax Inc. Even uh, a BHP edition they have, which is really sweet, and that would be really cool if you guys had that. Absolutely send your pictures with those. We'd love to love to see that. Uh, Rax has got you covered with whatever brand you are using as your bow, and uh, they'll have a hanger just for you. Stealth Cam. Stealth Cam is a maker of some absolutely incredible uh, trail cameras, and if you're looking to get your camera game on this year, this is what you need. Uh, so you can see what's going on in the field. Uh, you can even go wireless with these guys. They got everything you need uh, right there at their website. Skull Hooker. Skull Hooker is one of the newest sponsors for BHP. But these guys, man, they are making some incredible European mounts for your animals. Uh, these mounts not only give you a creative way to show off your prize gain, but also a versatile way to hang those mounts and get them all over your room. It's going to be really cool. You guys got to check them out, see them on the podcast. Really, really cool latest sponsors beyond the ears which is a pro shop located in oxford michigan uh, they carry great products including bows accessories binos clothing coolers and much much more and oh yeah if you are not in michigan that's okay because they have a sick website that you can buy all your your gear from and everything you need uh, definitely check out beyond the ears really cool people really really great shop and uh, you might even see us there sometimes so definitely check out our events to see when we might be there and last but not least, Crossman, makers of some of the best air guns in the world. Not only does Crossman make air guns, but they also make archery gear as well. Make sure you check them out online and, uh, you know, help get a kid outdoor shooting today. Crossman gives you those perfect opportunity products to do that. Crossman really gives you the ability to get kids outdoors and help pass on the heritage that we all love. Uh, you can find all the links to these great sponsors at the bottom of each episode. So click away and show your support for the podcast and these cool companies that help bring it to you. Now, on to the show. Here we go, here we go, here we go. It's Hunt Camp 2018. Yeah! <laughs> 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 oh, got a little, got a little rap session in, for a little beatboxing. <laughs> These microphones are actually made for music like that. So. I like it though. If it, it's, it sounds really good. Hopefully, it These sounds good are... to everybody out there. It sounds good to me. Um, so, this is Hunk Camp recap. 
This is the Hunt Camp recap. So basically, the first episode you guys heard, I wonder if we should turn this into one full episode. I wonder if I should just dump in the front end. No, because I want to label the first one Loserville. And then we can move on to part two. Part two is a little bit different than part one. <laughs> and I know exactly why. That's the funny part. So let's let's um oh. I'll let Tim start to go through the process of what has happened. Okay. So yeah. we are back in the studio. Yep. Jamie so we, we've is come back still in the field. Jamie is still in the field. That was uh yeah, just recently. So he's still out on the same hunt trip um, that we are out on. Uh, part one to sum it up: a um, couple of missed opportunities. <laughs> Loser. Uh, actually, three missed opportunities. Uh, so there, we had four guys out, three missed opportunities, and uh, I was, dude, I was having no luck. There was nothing going on for me. Not a, not a missed opportunity. I had no opportunities. <laughs> and uh, we move into second day hunting, and uh, that's kind of where the story starts a little bit. Um, you know, I think, I think part of it, you know, I think the first part of it is we, we were talking about, um, hunting locations, where to hunt and, and that. And we have one guy with us. I won't name uh, his name, Brian, but, um, <laughs> he likes to <laughs> move around. A Brian lot. does not like to sit and try things. If, if he doesn't see something, it's not working. Yeah. And he moves right <clears throat> instantly. Like halfway through the hunt, and uh, that's not my mo. My mo has been pretty consistent. I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a good day and a half, and I am going to then see how things are shaping up and make my make my move at that point. Because in the spot that I started off in, which is right off the edge of a field, uh, kind of right next to the woods, uh, next to a ridge, um, I've seen some pretty good deer this year. So I figured, okay, well, we'll give it, we'll give it a day and a half and we'll see how it goes. Um, but then the Brian factor shows up and the Brian factor is, uh, well, you know, guys, I think I have the worst hunt on the property and, uh, I don't know, man, what do you think? Do you think I should like, you think I should move closer to you guys? Cause you guys are seeing all the deer, um, you know, what should I do? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, I, I'm like, listen, man, I, I honestly don't care. I think you should hunt right next to Jamie in my opinion, but, um, I don't know. What do you, what do you want to do? And he, and he, and we're looking out the field and, and he's, he's pointing to where he wants to go. And I'm like, yeah, man, no, you know, whatever, just, you know, do whatever, do whatever. It's not do whatever you want to do. You know, it's your hunt too. Let, let's just have a good time, you know? And, uh, he goes over and sets his blind up and, uh, I'm looking at it going, man, if I was a really good shot, I could probably shoot him <laughs> from where I'm sitting. <laughs> he, he was probably about 200, 250 <laughs> yards away, but directly in sight of where my blind was. So, um, I, you know, I start the thinking and, and talking to some of the, you know, uh, Jamie's dad, actually, who, who's out on the property all the time. He's like, listen, guys, he's like those big guys, they're, they're running on the, on the back edge of the, uh, of the property. Somebody has to go hunt there. And I'm just like, all right, well, that, that was going to be my plan B. Well, the funny part is that we said that, but no one listened to us. We, we've been saying that for a while, right? But you have to understand, like, so I'm not going to, I, I am not going to change my spot. Because there are deer in that area, right? Not not saying it's only the oh. biggest buck, but I've seen yeah, deer. Because so, there's no deer in Brian's area or my area. No, not at all. So I, I decided, <laughs> I was like, I am not, 
I'm not going to move. Jamie didn't have a reason to move. He sees a lot of deer on that end. But we don't see what's on that far end because we never sit over there. We just sit in the, those two stands and we enjoy it. Right. But And I, I've been saying to you guys all weekend, who's going to 15? Who's going to 15? Who's going to 15? No, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to try maybe tomorrow. First of all, here's the thing. The first couple of times I was out there, I was seeing deer was out where I was sitting. So it wasn't a matter of seeing deer. It was a matter of seeing the right deer right at that time. Um, and that was always plan B. That was always day two hunt was to get there and hunt day and a half and then go move the ground blind probably over that other spot. But Brian's move along with Jamie's dad's comments, I think really made kind you of, move faster. I mean, well, yeah, because, you know, <laughs> one of the problems with the other spot is is it's it's off, which is, I think, to the benefit of the spot. It's off the beaten path to get there. It's a little bit more work, you know, to, to get down there and set up and all that stuff. So, um Regardless, we we uh, we went and we went and grabbed my ground blind or my spare ground blind, and we we tossed it up uh, over in the other the other fifteen acres that we have, middle of the field. And there's tons of tracks back there. We knew there were tons of tracks back there, and so I set it up, setting the first night, and um, there's nothing, nothing happening. Nobody's seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything going. What did I do? At least Brian's hunting right next to my spot. So if he sees something, obviously, you know, I made a bad decision. So. Um, that night about what would have been about 45 minutes before dark, Brian shoots out a text, shot one. (laughs) 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 So there I am in my new spot, not seeing anything. And, uh, Brian sees probably, a buck and and he'll and and if we had him here right now it would have been awesome because he's like no no man and you never would have saw that deer you never it never would have came out to you never 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 never, never. and uh, so I'm just like you know what man whatever so um, we go and trying to find his buck and I forget my flashlight I forgot about that I forget my flashlight and everybody else has theirs Dave had a spare one this little cheap like Dingy. dollar store one yeah. but we're out there for probably a good 45 minutes and there is not a bolt or a blood trail to find and, and mind you there is a good couple of inches of snow on the ground at that point so if there is blood if there is a trail to follow which we did see some tracks we're gonna find it we're gonna find it and but there was nothing so we gave, we gave up on that night because it was dark. It just wasn't happening. Nobody was finding anything. So we go back and, you know, we're like, all right, we'll, we'll um, go out tomorrow after the morning hunt and we'll go looking for it. Let's go to bed, wake up, uh, you know, freezing cold inside the, inside the hunt camp lodging, walk outside, and we walk out to six plus inches of snow <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great time. Um, but it was, it was, it was, it was actually Thank really God good. for Mr. Buddy heater. Yeah. So, oh, oh yeah. So let me, let me back up to the end of my hunt, end of my hunt right at the end, right before dark. Um, I actually had, um, four does that ran about 15 yards to my right into the shrubs. So there was no shot, but they were booking it running. And about 30 seconds behind that, there was two other deer that come out that were running as well. And I'm watching them, and they you know, they're they're they go behind a bunch of trees and come up on a ridge, out about 150 yards in front of me, and they're just booking it back and forth. I mean, they're just they're running like they got shot or something. Like they're just going crazy, and uh, 
finally, um, they kind of settled down a bit over, over on the corner, about 50 yards. But what ends up coming in are those two deer that were running behind them. And you, I couldn't see antlers, couldn't see anything on them, but right in the middle of the field in front of me, they just start button heads and pushing each other. And I'm like, Oh man, those gotta be two button bucks. And that's what, you know, that was, that's what was going on. So pretty cool. that was pretty optimistic <clears throat> That's from, fun. from a, um, from a hunting perspective, at least, okay, I'm, I'm seeing deer, right? That's cool. So go in, wake up six inches of snow, head out the next morning. Next morning, um, yeah, I start grunting. Right, I think we're pre-rut, if not in-rut at that point. Is this Saturday morning? This is Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you didn't go out Saturday night because you're all excited, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I go out Saturday morning, start grunting maybe about 15 minutes after, after shooting light. And about 20 minutes after my first round, this buck comes out behind the trees of where those other ones came out last night. And at that point, I, I moved my ground blind the, after, the, after the hunt the night before because I just knew I was in the wrong spot. Knowing where they were coming out on and all that stuff, I moved it to where I could actually get in a shot, not just watch them. And so he ends up coming out around these trees and he looks, you know, I'm not sure about him yet. He, he's about 45 yards out behind some trees. Can't really tell what he is. Um, but he ends up walking into about 30 and he's not stopping. He's just kind of like walking around. So I give it a little grunt and he stops and I look, I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty, pretty decent antlers. So I range him. He's at 30. He is just about to walk away, but to my luck, there was a car on the road about 150 yards away-ish that drove by, and he picks his head up and looks the other other direction. So at that point, split second, right? Bow, aim, shoot. Kaboom! And I hear a big thud. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what just happened? I see the bolt hit. But it, it, what it looks like is it hits halfway down the leg and it just whacks him, whacks him. I see him, I see him jump. I see him run off. He goes in a big circle, runs around the ridge, and the whole way I'm like, he just doesn't look like anything. Happened. Are you thinking right now? Like I just shot this buck in the ankle. I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking right now. I just, I just became a permanent resident of Loserville. Um. And so I'm like, I text the guys. I'm like, Hey guys, I don't know. I don't know what the initiation is or if there's any hazing involved in this, but I think I just joined the Loserville club, the, uh, the wounded deer club. And, uh, so I give it about 20 minutes. I'm like, you know, nothing else at this point. I'm, I don't know. I knew, I, I knew right where I shot it. I knew right where I put my, uh, my hashtag at. And for me to shoot where I shot it, something was wrong. So at that point, I think it was you that was like, dude, I wouldn't shoot again unless you check out that bow because something's wrong. So I'm like, I'm like, you're right. And uh, so I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I'd <laughs> I, stop, I'd shoot, stop I wouldn't shoot again because you said in the text that you hit this deer in the ankle or something. We're I, like, I thought what? I hit it. I thought I hit it mid leg is what it looked like. Right. Mid so, leg. So about that. if this is, if this is uh, like, this is shoulder, you know, this would be kill shot. It looked like I hit it down here. Um, <laughs> what? I know, I know. So, so I get out and I walk, it's about 20 minutes after I get out and I, I go where I shot it and I find my bolt pretty easy to find. Um, and it's broken in half. I'm like, I don't know. Is it a good sign or bad sign? I don't know. 
Um, so I start walking around a bit cause I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a pretty impatient guy and I find, you know, it's six inches of snow. So the tracks are easy to find and on the tracks you can see blood, but it is just like somebody took like a, a cleaning spray bottle and just kind of like, like every 20 feet, not much. It didn't look like much. So then I, I get to the, uh, it, there's a road up there. It gets to the road and I see the blood trail going across the road. And I'm like, I'm not, all right, we're just going to leave it. I don't think it was a good shot. Um, the blood on the road was a little bit, and I'm going to pull see if I can pull up a picture for everybody here that's watching live. Um, the blood was promising on the road, but off the road, it just, it didn't look like there was much at all. So I'm like, all right, we'll let it sit and we'll, we'll go out and we'll look for it after all the guys are done for the morning hunt. So probably about 20 minutes. Cause Jamie's going to have to poop. <laughs> <laughs> no boom. No boom. Um, Always running to use the bathroom. Now I know you guys, I know you guys are going to look at this and go, Tim, you're stupid. There's no way you're not finding that deer. Right, so you can see. I mean, it just—it did look like a massacre. There's so much blood. It looks like a mass murder. This is across yeah. the road. This is across the back road. to back to the land where. But we're if all but at. if you come ten feet off the road, it doesn't look like that at all. And I I think maybe I have a picture. Here. Oh <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. Let you know, Tim, so, you're stupid. <laughs> I, you guys, can, that that's a picture of the snow, and you can barely see it. But it is snow, so some of it like yeah, falls and, inward. And, and that you know what? Lesson learned. Lesson learned. So we go out and look for it. Um. Obviously, I mean, we're standing on the opposite side of the road on a hill looking down and like, so where'd it cross? And I'm looking at it and go, oh, there it is. You can you see, can the see it from the mountain, like on top yeah, of the hill. You can see the blood trail going across. So That bad. Walk the trail a little bit. And I would say probably about 30 to 40 yards after it crossed the road, there's a, there's a wooded line and about 15 30. feet inside the woods. Um, that was it, man. He was laying, laying right on the trail, laying right there. So Unbelievable. it was, uh, it was really exciting because it was my first buck with a bow. Um, so that was really, really awesome. You guys got to witness me freak out a little bit there when I, when I saw, when I saw that it was laying there. And, uh, then, then the funniest part of the whole thing was gutting the deer on the side of a hill right next to a semi busy road and everybody honking their horns. That was pretty funny. Like it was funny to watch. <laughs> it was funny to watch you gutting this deer by the road. And I thought this is the <laughs> this stupidest is spot this is to so do this. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> People are honking as Tim's gutting his deer off the side of a, a look at a hill. Uh, you guys finally just by a highway and everybody. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> What are you going to do? Well, at least you got one. I will say yeah, that. Yes, so I did get one, and it was uh, it was quite an experience, man. It was fun. And it so, was a Not a blast. member of Loserville. <laughs> That's where I ended the bottle. I feed. <laughs> not, a, not a member of Loserville. <laughs> not a member of Loserville. Click. Oh, that was good. So, yeah, so Tim thought he was part of Loserville, so he was, um, I'm trying to think of how that went down. Yeah, so, so like, the, oh, shot. the podcast night, I'm joining Loserville, oh, yeah. remember? And, but yeah. we didn't end up doing it because, to be frank with you guys, we got super tired. It was a long day. And I said, you know what? Let's not do it tonight. Let's just do it in the studio. It's a lot cleaner sounding. And uh, just be you and me, Tim, because I knew Jamie still be hunting. Chris is out there with him now. Is he really hunting, though? No. He's sitting there pooping all the time. <laughs> poopy, poopy, no boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> no boom, boom. <laughs> Kevin's hunting too right now. It's a it's a hunting zone right now, man. Yeah. We're in gun season now, so yeah, it's so crazy. Just, yeah, so everybody's kind of everybody's kind of re-energized, I think, with that season kicking off. I'm gonna grab another beverage. I'll be right back. Yeah. So um 
so my kill shot. I'll let me let me talk about that real quick. I um, you know, I I hit it what looked like lower leg. What it actually did end up being is it was it was lower leg, but it was still it was still above the body line, above the brisket area. And the bolt actually ended up hitting and deflecting up. And I actually got, um, I, I, we didn't look at both lungs. I know at least I got a single lung and it went through to the other shoulder and the bolt actually stayed lodged in the other shoulder. So it was, uh, it was quite an experience for my first one. You know, usually when I'm hunting, I will, uh, you know, I'll hunt a lot in early season. So, you know, and in fact, I've hunted a lot more this year than I ever have in years past in, in terms of the number of days and hours spent. And it was just a very, very frustrating year. Um, it started off with um, not seeing much deer at all to seeing no deer at all to seeing some of the best action that I've ever seen deer hunting as it got colder and as that rut started to hit. And I've never, with my hunts that I usually go on, ever had the privilege of really hunting uh, kind of that pre-rut rut time where they're responding to grunts and, you know, all that stuff. So it was a very different experience for me. Um, you know, usually it's early season and you're patterning them over their food sources. Where are they going? Where are they traveling to? You know, what kind of patterns are they on? And this time of year, it's much different because you're you're not really patterning them off a food source anymore. You're you're expecting them to be chasing does, and you're just trying to get in the action of that. So you're grunting, trying to get them in, doe estrus. Um, you know, we we used a lot of the tinks pee, which was I, I thought amazing. I thought, you know, after I put that stuff on, I really started to see the does and the stuff come in, and they went right up to where I was spraying it. So I thought that was really uh really kind of a cool part of it all too, because I usually don't see that kind of action. So the tinks worked really well for me too, because when I was out there, um, I sprayed a crap ton of it, and then all of a sudden, um, they uh the bucks would the big buck came in and he's, he was all over that area. You know, he I know Joe went through there, yeah. but that helped to bring him back. Cause he's like, man, it's really strong over here. You know? So he came back and, yep. And I missed. And you missed. You didn't miss. That's true. You did hit it. I hit him high. But just, it, you tattooed You know what guys? I'm not gonna lie. You know, buck fever is real. It's real. I don't know that. <laughs> I just remember the whole day. The whole day. Sort of break something. <laughs> You're talking about buck fever, buck fever. It's going to get you, man. It's going to get you. First thing, the first, actually, the first thing you said is you shouldn't have left that bow cocked overnight when I, when I took my shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. That was the best part. When Tim, Tim said, I hit the thing in the ankle, I said, that's because you left that stupid crossbow kind of all and, night. And I'm not, I am not absolutely not advocating to do that. I purely forgot to, to decock but it. He got so scared because he's like, maybe that is what happened. Yeah. He, like, I hit it low. Yeah. So I did, what I did do is after we got back and, and after we found it, I did reshoot my bow and it was four inches to the left. So that was, that was a major Not factor surprised. in it. Left it on all night. So I have to recite that in. So I was so, kind of trying to interest. Test slab test. We left a crossbow cocked all night and what turns out to be uh, uh, a vital error that could be. Yeah, it could be. 
And in your um, case, it actually saved you because it hit it right in the heart area, whereas you would have missed. Yeah, I lunged it. No, I'd see it, but that's the thing. I would, I would not <laughs> have missed. Forrest is right, and that would have missed the front brisket. Oh, my gosh. I totally would have probably. Um, now that, that you're doing so the math. The other, the other task, test lab um, thing that, that kind of came to light mm-hmm. is the whole shoot-through topic. Oh, big topic coming up, people. Yeah. And, and I can't wait to really do. a lot of work do. to do. That's going to be an interesting one to actually test. Though. Yeah, I think well, here's what we need to do. I think we need to go buy a blind. Um, literally, and set it up out here. Yeah. Or actually in here. I think that'd be fine. Set up in here, um, in the back corner, and then fire and see how far off it is. If we can fit it. But I want it. I want everything standard, so I want to use a, a crossbow holder, crossbow, mm-hmm. fixed blade, shoots through the holder. So yeah, I, just, I, want, I don't want a field, no field point. No, 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 no. God, it has no. to be what you would actually I think, shoot. I don't think the broadhead makes the issue. I think it's the veins. I think you're right. Because when um, so Brian, who missed his deer, um, you listened to that on the on the last podcast. Um, there was no bolt to be found, and he he we looked at the video. We knew exactly where he shot it, and we couldn't find the bolt at all. There was nothing. Jamie ended up walking um, walking the property after we left, and he ended up finding the bolt. The bolt wasn't anywhere near where Brian shot, and one of the veins got ripped off. So either he hit something on the way down, which can be a factor because he did say that there was a branch. Yeah, I want to test that too. I was going to suggest we throw branches over the yeah. target and let, let's just on slow motion camera let it fire through the branches yeah. and see what it does. Yeah, and I, we got to do slow mo because yeah. I want to see if there's anything that that moves that arrow up, down, left, right. We can do slow mo on the ground blind too. Yeah, when you shoot it. Um, so, so I do want to say <clears throat> that is definitely a test to come up. But I, there's something that's real cozy about being here right now, just having a few brewskis, relaxing, and we're not cold and freezing like Nopum is right this moment. It's because nobody Chris, else is here. I know, it's nice. <laughs> it's like warm, cozy in the studio, and it's just easy. And those guys right now, man, Nopum especially, he's been out there since literally over a week. He's having a brutal year. In a brutal year. I mean, we see the big buck. I shoot. I, I wound it. It runs away. <laughs> Two days later, it shows itself again. It's still alive. It shows yeah. itself again on Sunday morning as we're packing to leave and chasing does again. So he's all excited. He's rejuvenated. And then guess what? They don't see it again for like three days. Yeah. And then they just glimpsed, glam, uh, just got a, a like a little sighting of it. You know, it wasn't even close. Yeah. Um. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we I, hope you I, guys are having a good season so far. Ours has been wacko. And yeah, uh, I, has been. I'm i going out soon here with Ron coming up. He just shot a doe today. And I, it's gun season, actually. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I, I could take a gun, but I don't know, man. I kind of want to use my bow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you I'm need a little redemption, bow. I think. I know. I'm using my compound this time. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go for it. It's going to be cold, but I'm going to try to go like coming up. Well, I think, it, I think it depends on the spot, too, right? Your your spot kind of dictates your Well, shot. these are all tree stands. He doesn't have okay. any sort of ground blinds. Gotcha. He's using a gun, though. You know, he used it today. I, I really do want to use my my 450 or whatever. Point, yeah. 450. 450. Whatever you call it. Yeah, Bushmaster. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I just haven't killed enough deer with the bows yet this year, I feel like, too. You gotta fill that freezer, buddy. I know. No matter what. Hey, we are Bowhunter Planet, though. I know. How can you? How me. can you claim to be the owner of one of the world's leading bow hunting test companies, podcast shows, content provider out there? 
Yeah, and, but I mean, shouldn't I be allowed to shoot a gun once in a while? Like, I just feel like I, you I know hunt what? with a bow. It's not like I don't hunt with yeah, it. Yeah, no, you are. You are. I but, never shoot a gun, literally, ever. So probably shouldn't even shoot one out there. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> talking talk about a miss. Could you imagine though if you did and you're and you miss or you mess it up? I'm probably going to. Oh my gosh, that'd be so you funny. Know, I'm not used to a gun, so that it's, would be pretty it's be even worse. Pretty than it's Jamie from the BHP but, uh, Podcast. Anyway. Want to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors: <laughs> Skullhooker Racks Inc., Vanguard um, Outdoors, Beyond. The- we. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is going on. I mean, we're we're in, we're in the dude. For those you don't know. Test lab is seriously a lot of work. Like I know everybody thinks like, oh, you get these free bows, blah, blah, blah. Dude, we get these bows like literally yesterday and then tomorrow we're expected to have a video done. I mean, we're working till like 11 at night on a week work night, a week night. You know, see what we This isn't our full, yeah, this is not our full-time gig. And we have kids and stuff. We have stuff to do. We have obligations. We have so wife, it's really so you hard know that is. to get a bow uh, today. And then, you know, we have to film tonight and then launch it by tomorrow. And, you know, and it's got to be good. It can't just be a joke. You know, it's right. got to be good cuts. And it's good. not like this podcast. No, this podcast is like a no holds barred. <laughs> Luckily, we have amazing sponsors like Vanguard, Rax Inc. and others who let us kind of do what we want. They don't dictate anything, which is amazing. Sponsor alert. Sponsor alert. Crossman, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Vanguard, check it out. Oh, I love it. Speaking of all those guys, you know, I always wonder, you know, I always email them here and there and say, hey, what promotions are you doing? Let us help out and, you know, promote them. Uh, Vanguard's got a lot of uh, Black Friday stuff coming up, so check that out. A lot of good deals over there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to email blast you guys that stuff too. Also, um, subscriptions. Dude, like if you want to help out BHP in any way, shape, or form, you don't have to. I understand if you don't, but we do have our Patreon account. You could donate a dollar a month to help us out. It'd be great. Uh, we don't have full sponsorship money. Any little extra dimes and pennies would help us at any time. Uh, there's always new equipment we need, things to make this this show awesome and get you guys the newest content. We got some good plans, I think, hopefully going forward, too, with our YouTube channel. Correct. So that's my next thing. So if you're not a subscriber on YouTube, subscribe. Because we're gonna, instead of Facebook, we're going to start giving away all these freebies on YouTube. Because we need to get that subscription base up, people. I mean, we need more hunters hunting. We need more people getting outdoors. And yep. the only way to do that is to help us get that subscription up. So if you could please please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and our, our videos and share them. If you can tell your friends about them, tell your friends about this podcast, get some more five-star ratings. We just got to get some, tell numbers. us what you guys want to hear too. Tell us what you guys want to want to see. We want to hear from let you. Us, we know you, you guys know. listen because the numbers are huge. So yep. we need to understand if there's something you want to hear about, you want to talk about, like, you know. do you not want Kevin on a podcast anymore? <laughs> What about Jamie? Should we fire Bob, Uncle Bob? Can we get rid of? Is there? Well, first of all, is there any real way to get rid of Uncle, Uncle Bob? Bob? No. We've tried. Yeah, Uncle so Bob. So many He's times. Not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> that guy will not go away. We need more of the Schnur, but he's he's hard to get nowadays. Busy man. So luckily, yeah. we get him on Test Lab to get have you guys. The issue with Test Lab has always been like, look, guys, I'm an amateur hunter. Like I try to give it to you straight from what I see. Schnur is a more technical person who works at a pro shop who understands each freaking cam that comes out. Geek. He understands everything. He's a geek when it comes to archery. But you know what? If you wanted to know that stuff, it's there. That's I want it to be accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Whether you want that info or not, if it bores you, at least you get a portion of it. Now, here's the real reason. It's because whenever you open your mouth, everybody always has a comment to say. <laughs> Me? Yeah, when you go to... There's always comments. <laughs> I don't care. You slapped that trigger. <laughs> This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. There's been weighted cans for years. Okay, man. Okay. How do I know that that arrow was 352 grains? You're a liar. You're a liar. (laughs) 
This not the farthest shot in the world. I know it isn't the farthest shot in the world, but you know what? It was at that exact moment and date and time that thing was launched. <laughs> Sorry. At that exact Dude. moment, it was the longest compound shot no, in but, the world. But on, no, I think you're right. I think Chris does an amazing job on Tesla because he's able to bring the aspect. He's able to bring that, that Bowtech, Bowtech, that Bowtech perspective into the conversation. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Realm SS. <laughs> The Realm SR6. Brought to you by Bowtech Archery and Excalibur Crossbows. <laughs> Octane. It's black Black Gold. Oh, I love it. And Ripcord. Rip Tight Spot Quivers. Diamond Archery. Striker <laughs> Archery. Get your Bowtech today. <laughs> no, Bowtech oh, is not an official it. sponsor of our podcast. However, they do contribute. They are contributor to our sponsor to our podcast, just like Obsession and other brands. Mm-hmm. And we thank them for that. That is amazing. Uh, and they and they get on people when they want them, which is fun. So we like to get their uh, their sponsorships on, uh, like Heartland Hunter. We've had them on couple other ones but you know what um speaking of bowtech just to throw it out there i have been hunting with the realm for a couple years that bow is amazing and the new one i'm really excited to hunt with i'm gonna try that out too this year the sr6 that we're gonna take into the woods yeah well yes and no so the the short answer is no because i don't have a peep sight in it yet the the other answer is yes i'm taking the regular realm into the woods unfortunately i'm just not ready and i don't if it was here tonight i'd have him put a peep in when he gets here when Schner Mm -hmm. gets here but I don't. So maybe I'll sneak away and grab it, but I don't know if we'll have time. So we'll see. I would like to use it, though. It is a sick, sick Sick, machine. sick. But there's a lot of great bows out there, man. I'm telling you guys. It's, it's really hard. I, I, you know, it's a very hard choice which bow to shoot. Even for me, every year, I'm always, to be honest, I kind of change halfway. I'll use a bow tack for like a month, an obsession for a month. Uh, I've used Darton before. Uh, Matthew's mission, maybe. I mean, it just depends. And this year, one of the bows I, w- I really want to highlight this year, I don't know why, but I've seen so much um, success with this bow is the um, Diamond um, Edge SB1, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's the bow that's kind of made for, like, um, the 10-year-old all the way to the to our age, you know? And so I really want to kill a deer with it. I don't know why. There's something in me, and I want to give one away. Like You just I, really I ask, want to kill a deer. Yeah, but I asked Bowtech. I said, hey, can I get a diamond bow for me to hunt with? And can I also get an extra one to give away to our fans? And they said yes. Sweet. So I'm like, sweet. So I'm going to do go. a quick test live video for you guys on YouTube. It. YouTube. So be ready. Be yeah. a subscriber. It's the only way you're winning. Yeah. And, and, and that's what involved, we're going to do. Baby. You know, I, I think, you know, one of the things that we want to do is reward the people that, that are supporting us, that are watching us. And uh, that that's why we have the uh, you know you you must subscribe um, you know in order to win because uh, quite frankly we need it and yeah. number one and number two um, you know we want to make sure that we're giving it away to those that are contributing um, you know to the hunting industry and, and share the same views that we do so um, you know we appreciate your guys' support so you know there's an article that just came out recently about. Um, and they talked about it, and I think you talked to them earlier on a podcast, but they got mentioned today again on the radio in regards to the the uh, number of hunters and the lack and the decline of the hunting industry this year. So um, that's always a, a topic that's near and dear to us because without hunters, we don't exist. So we want to make sure that we're bringing you and everybody the content and really trying to give back to the industry and those hunters and those people that want to get into this industry that maybe haven't before. So There's a lot of work to be done, and I, t- I just finished an episode with um, um, uh, a gentleman from the Detroit Free Press, um, Keith, and he um, 
he 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 wrote an article about the decline um, of the archery industry, or I shouldn't say archery, Hunters. decline of the hunting industry yeah. in Michigan, specifically Michigan. But it's a big deal, and when you hear the numbers he rattles off, you're going to be blown away. I mean, the amount of money that Michigan residents pay for hunting licenses is over two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So his whole thing is, what's going to happen when those that money goes away? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I talk about in the episode, which you guys probably have already heard or are going to hear soon. I don't know which one's going to launch first, but you know, one of the things I talk about is that Michigan, unfortunately the DNR is not listening to the hunters and they're allowing these open permits for farmers to kill 10, 20 deer. I mean, stupid stuff. Right. And, and they're not doing, they're not doing horn restrictions. They're not, there's a lot of things that, yeah, we're a two-buck state, for those of you that don't know. And two one, bucks. One has to be three or better on one side, but the other one doesn't matter. You can shoot whatever you want. I don't know if it's three or four. I don't remember that. Well, it might be four. I think it's four. Yeah, but, it might be four. You're right. But what Michigan's trying to do is make the first... What, what QDMA is trying to do here is make the first buck four or more. Huge change. But here's the thing. Four total? Yes. Four on one or side. Or four on one side. Four on one side. Period. So, for a buck. Otherwise, you do all day. And a, a button buck is actually considered a doe, I think, depending on if you can see the horns. Right. Okay, I know it sounds crazy, but what I'm saying is we need to go to Ohio or Illinois and say, what are your rules? How do you do it? And let's just mimic it. The state of Michigan has so many hunters, so many deer. They're, they're just shooting themselves in the foot by not adapting something cool like Ohio or Illinois because – Let's face it, you know, there's hunters I know leave the state every single year to buy higher price tags, out-of-state Ohio tags. To hunt I think there. most of the best hunters that I know don't hunt hard in Michigan. Nobody you know, <clears throat> put it this way, nobody you know on TV hunts in Michigan. It's a big joke. It's a joke. Like, no, no, I'll talk to all my friends in the industry. Not one of them will come here to hunt. They'll come here to hang out with us, but they're not going to. And that, that's what hurts us, too, because they don't have hunting here, so they can't come and hunt and then see us. There's no reason to come film here for hunting. There's yep. no big deer. I'm not saying big deer don't exist. I'm just saying they're too far and few. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the ones that do exist are manistee monsters. And I know some of you guys aren't even from Michigan. Urban legends. I get it. But, you know, if you're in the states that have good hunting, you should be blessed and you should be thanking your, your local DNR and government for doing that. Because in Michigan, I'm sorry. But, we, you know, we're at the – there's a show here in Michigan called the Woods and Water Show. And I asked the DNR. I walked up and asked them to be on our show to talk about all their new rules, and they declined. And I thought, that's ridiculous. You know, that's ridiculous. You need to tell the people – why? What rules you're doing and why? Why? Just because you're an officer doesn't mean you can't be on the yep. show. <clears throat> I think I think I think part of the reason is is because they don't know why. They don't know. You why. know, I think a lot of the reason we're seeing all the rule changes, and again, I don't want to get I don't want to get too deep into Michigan's issues, but oh, we're gonna get into it. Um, you know, we we have we have CWD that popped up, and then all these rules are are starting to be implemented within the state of Michigan, and and I just get this feeling. I don't want to go into what the rules are and, and play defense or offense there, but. My, my feel on why they're doing it is because they are just grasping at straws. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to solve a problem that, quite frankly, I don't even think they know is a problem. Um, 
they're just trying to not let it become a problem. And I think that's where all this is coming from is more out of the unknown than the known. And that's the exact opposite of what I expect from the DNR. I expect from the DNR rules driven by scientific research that can be backed up by proven proven. And, and that's not anything that they've seen, anything that they've been able to really put out. Now you'll, you'll hear them come out with certain statistics and certain facts and that kind of stuff, but those are broad ranging uh, facts and statistics. What actually works and doesn't work. They have no clue. Uh, And the issue is it affects how many hunters. Okay. So I take a kid hunting tomorrow and I can't bait. I can't put any corn down. I can't draw in a doe just to get shot or to sit there and just let the kids watch them. Right. Think about the impact of that. Okay, hunting's boring. I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, if they're not seeing deer, they're going to get bored. Coupled with the fact that there aren't any large deer. And there's no large bucks. They're not going to get the excitement of the rut. Uh, You know, very rare. Uh, Luckily, where I hunt, there is a rut, and there is one decent buck out of a whole bunch, and it's different, but it's still not a big buck. When you go down to Ohio and you see 180-inch deer on trail cams, that's a big buck. I mean, you see a 160, a 180 that's a game-changing, life-changing yeah. moment that you will want to hunt the rest of your life trying to find that again. Yeah. And here, you'd be lucky to, to walk into a hunter-class deer, you know? I mean, and I was telling I was telling him on the show, I hunted state land for years, never seen a single deer that's any sort of size. Right. Never. And as and, and soon as we started BHP, I started getting lucky, and people were inviting me to hunt nicer lots, but still nothing major. And I could get a doe every year at least, you know. It yeah. was easier to get a doe at least to get meat on the table, finally, after years of trying, you know, on state land. But the, the state lands here aren't that great. They don't, they don't have food plots. They don't have corn. They don't have, you know, they're not... I forgot the name of it, CPA or CP, whatever it is, where they put corn on. There's a couple. I'm not saying there's none. I'm just saying there's not enough. And they just don't do it right. They clear-cut areas just for money instead of – it's just a disaster. And they're inaccessible. A lot of them are inaccessible for the most part. You know what? I look at it like this. If the DNR runs out of money because of hunting licenses in Michigan, so be it. That's your fault. You messed it up. You didn't sit and talk to hunters. You didn't work with community leaders like BHP or other brands. You didn't go and say, what's going on? What's working? What's not working? Why? Where are we failing? You never asked those questions. Right. You never teamed up to see what consumers want. You know, they're on their own. You know, and, and it, they did, the, and they do, and they do have forums and things <clears throat> like that. But it's all it's all old school, man. They don't they don't go out there in the way that the new hunting and the new generation is going to find. QDMA is hunters. trying. QDMA team has been trying. <clears throat> And they're the only ones who've actually put money behind their mouth and, and actually tried to get the DNR to change things. And they've done a good job. And they were on in the Woods and Water Street. Go mm-hmm. back in the episodes and listen to that episode, and they'll tell you what they've done in Michigan specifically. But, you know, QDMAs around the world, around this country specifically, and they can, you know, they get things done. They're guys who have funding, and they, they know how to spend it, you know. But unfortunately for this state, there's a lot really far to go. And I unfortunately, we live here. <laughs> and we hunt here. And we hunt here, and it's, it's proven. You know, I went out there. It's, it's it's horrible feeling, guys, because in the industry, I'm friends with a lot of people in the industry, of the hunting industry, and I go on their Instagrams, and I, I pay them tribute, say hi, and all that. And they always, they're be- they're chasing these beautiful deer. I mean, it's, ridiculous, it's so depressing. Man. Like, and I, I go to them, and I, oh, yeah, I saw 120, you know, and they're chasing, like, 160s and 170s. Uh, I won't shoot anything it's, under No, they wouldn't even touch that deer. The deer, I saw they would <laughs> they would laugh if, if they should. They would never shoot deer like that. Right. 
And uh, it's my point is this: it's a fun experience to hunt a real mature buck. It, it really is a fun experience. And I wish people could all have that experience in their lifetime if they haven't, you know. And I, I'm not like a great hunter by any means, but the two t- two or three times I've been on big bucks in Ohio, or wherever. It has been the most thrilling, exciting hunt of my life. <clears throat> Passed on little deer is awesome. It's a great feeling to watch them, not even think about shooting them because you're waiting for that monster yeah. to come in. Ron's been in Illinois like five times now in a row, and he's the videos I've seen are just incredible. Bucks running in on rat, rattling and stuff that doesn't even happen here, yeah. you know. Big bucks. I'm not talking like little. Well, babies. that's the thing. I don't know. Like it just seems like there's so many more. Big bucks. And how do they get like that? They don't shoot small bucks. So here's a good example. <clears throat> uh, Chad and Laura, our friends in the industry, they, they hunt in Ohio. 130 walks in. That's a big deer. If you haven't yeah. seen a 130 in person, it's a giant deer. They don't shoot that. That's a walk. That's it's a pass. crazy. Because it, when they wait another day, they turn around, a 160 walks out. That's how they are able to do that. Ron, when he's in Illinois, doesn't shoot 130s. Let's them walk. He's looking for a 150 and up. That's yeah, I don't know the feeling, man. I really though. don't. I've never hunted outside of Michigan. So it, it to me, I mean, it'd be hard to pass on that my first time. Well, you know what I mean? I hunted an outfitter in Ohio, and the rule was uh, 140 or better. If you shot under a 140, it was $2,500 fine. Jeez. So you learn real quick what, what, it, looks what, like. what it looks like because your, your thought process is, Unless I know it's a monster, it's not getting shot, right? right. And you know, when you see a 140, you're going to know it's that big. Yeah. It's not like a, when you see some pictures here and there, you can get an idea, right? Outside the ears, how thick the mass is, how old the body looks, the front of the butt. You know, <clears throat> when you see a buck like that in the field, it's big. I saw one time I was hunting, I saw a 130 and a 140 came in. There was a big difference. Yeah. It just was age, another year thickness of the tines you know it's just and I, I i'm not again you know i'm not <laughs> there's people out there shooting 200 class bucks you yeah, know what i mean ridiculous that are free that range. makes me sick oh it's crazy man sickly jealous very jealous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right we gotta go so. this has been long enough over an hour so yeah sorry guys, guys we bored you uh yeah hang on for the next one it'll be more fun <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see you next time. We'll get Nopum back on uh, in a week or so whenever he gets back in town. Maybe and, he uh, Although he's kind of boring. I don't know. If well, I mean, I don't know, man. We'll see if he comes out of, if he moves out of Loserville or not. If so. he can come out of Loserville, he's staying in Loserville. He's he ain't staying seeing nothing. Permanent resident. Waste of time. Permanent resident in the Loserville category. So you ambassadors who are under the Nopum regime. Sorry. Losers. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. It's Jamie from the BHP Podcast. Wanted to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors, Skullhooker Racks Inc., Fanguard Outdoors, Beyond the Ears, Crossman, and Stealth Cam. These sponsors are the rock behind our awesome podcast. Make sure and check them out. Hey, guys. Can't get enough of the Boner Plant Podcast? You need more episodes? Well, check us out on Patreon.com. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast to join the Golden Arrow Club and get exclusive access to new episodes every week. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time.
Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.